Well, good morning. It's so good to be with you. How many of you enjoyed the service so far? Hadn't it been great? I, uh, man, I just love Christmas. This is such a great time uh, for us to spend with friends and family and really to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I, I love all the other things, and, and it's great, but really, you know, I, I love just taking a moment and saying, we pause our busy lives. How many of you got some busy lives? You got lots of plans, lots of things happening, and we just say, God, you're the focus. Like, like I know we're going to get gifts and give gifts, and, but God, you are the focus. I, I love that song, Reckless Love. It is reckless. The, the God of the universe would lower himself enough to come to this earth, all God, all man, to live a perfect life and to willingly give his life away so that we might be saved. It's reckless love. And we celebrate the birth of Jesus in this season. Now, I, I do love that, but how, how many, you, you know, you got all these other things that you've been working on. Anybody Christmas shopping right now? How many of you, uh, anybody still need to Christmas shop? It's about most of you, yeah, figures. They, you, you know, it's funny because for me, I'm a planner. Do I have any planners in here? Anybody who, I, I love to plan. And as much as I planned... I still miss the cutoff date for Amazon Prime shipping. Anybody know my pain? How many of you, that's, you're like, Pastor, I feel you. I, I had one more present to get for Phyllis, and I had to get the perfect thing. I'm like, all right, I'll get it tonight, and if I get it, it's going to be here on Saturday, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be amazing. And then lo and behold, I got busy at work. Something happened. Someone interrupted me, and I'll be like, I'll go back. But then... That day ended, and I got up the next morning. I'm like, well, maybe I can get it this morning. And now, when I went to go look at it, it said December 26. I'm like, that's not gonna make for a good marriage, somebody. I'm just saying, that's not really gonna work for me this year. There was a change of plans. In other words, I wasn't planning to go do some last minute shopping in the flesh. I wanted to do it right there where I was typing on my computer. Come on, somebody. And there was a change of plans. And in all of that, I really just wanted to tackle a subject that I think is relevant to all of us for just a few minutes. And it says, what do you do when life doesn't go according to your plan? What happens? How do you change? How do you shift? How do you respond in that moment? You know, we understand, and, and the older you get, I think the more you understand this, that life has a way of throwing us curveballs. You can plan to do something and plan to have this and plan for your future to turn out this way. But nine times out of ten, I feel like it never turns out the way that I planned. I mean, think about life in general. I mean, some of you are sitting here right now. You weren't planning to be job hunting during Christmas. You've been looking for a job for months and you thought, surely I'll have a job. And here we are, we're at Christmas, the time where we give gifts and you're struggling in your finances because you don't have a job. You've been looking, but you didn't plan to not have a job at Christmas. I was talking to a dream teamer just the other day and we were in the office and she said, guess what? I said, what? She said, I'm pregnant. I said, that's awesome. I said, so you guys were planning to be pregnant? She said, oh no, Pastor, this is a surprise. It's like, whoops. Here it comes. And I thought about this. She and her husband were not planning to be pregnant at Christmas. 
just kind of changed some things in their life. They, they weren't really planning on that. They were planning on doing some other things. And, and, and I find for, for some of us here this morning, too, maybe you're struggling in some medical challenges. There's some sickness in your body. Maybe, maybe you're, you're not all physically 100% healthy. And you didn't think this Christmas you'd have the pain that you're dealing with or the struggles that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a relationship. Your, your relationships have been great, but then December happened and all of a sudden a relationship with a son or a daughter, a mother, father, a loved one, a spouse has been deteriorating. And now Christmas is going to be a struggle because you're not getting along with that person. And what we realize is that life doesn't always go according to our plans. And when that happens, sometimes what happens is that our faith gets a little rattled. Sometimes what happens is we begin to say, God, why? God, why? Like, 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 like why are you letting this happen to me? Why are you allowing this to take place? Like, I'm doing all the right things, and I don't understand why life is not turning out the way I planned for it to turn out. And then when you look at the Christmas story, the thing I love about this story is there's all kinds of situations and circumstances in the Christmas story that were not planned for. It didn't turn out the way Mary and Joseph planned for it to turn out. We turn to Matthew where we see the story of Jesus' birth. It's verse 18, and it says this. It says, this is how Jesus of Nazareth came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. So look, they're engaged. Uh, not everybody here is married, but I'd say quite a few of you are married. And so you understand the engagement process. And it says, but before they came together, so before they were married, how many know they began to make some plans? If you've been engaged, if you're married, you know what that's like. You, you fall in love with the person of your dreams and you start to plan. I can imagine Mary and Joseph are doing the exact same thing. You got Mary, who's a teenage girl. She's young and in love. You got Joseph, this strapping young man. He's full of hopes and dreams. And, and so just like us, they would have planned the future. They would have began to talk about, hey, what's life going to look like after we are married? And, and, and begin to share their ideas and share their thoughts. And what will this new life entail? And you can imagine, I mean, I always read between the lines, but you can imagine Mary and Joseph talking. Well, Joseph, you got some great skills. You love to work with your hands. You're good with wood. Why don't you start a business? Because that's what I would have done. Come on, you can remodel homes, you can make furniture, and it'll be amazing. And so I'll help you start the business. You may not be good at administration, but Mary probably said, I am, so I'll help you. And then what we'll do is after you get the business going and we can support ourselves, then why don't we talk about having kids? You know what I'm talking about? Now, now if you're like me, I'd have been like, we're not going to have kids right off the bat. I like the practice, but I don't want to produce anything right now. Come on, somebody. So let's just, let's just hold a little bit, right? You know what I'm talking about. You, and then you're going to plan it out. We'll have one boy, one girl. They're two years apart. Everything will be amazing. And then you end up pregnant on your honeymoon. Come on, somebody. That's about how it goes. Not that it's bad, just that it wasn't planned. But you can imagine they're talking about starting a family. You can imagine they're talking about buying a home and, and what all of this looks like. And then all of a sudden in the Christmas story, the angel of God comes to Mary and he messes it all up. Just throws their plans in disarray. Look at what it says in verse 30 of chapter 1 of Luke. It says, but the angel said to her, don't be afraid. So an angel visits Mary. You have found favor with God. Now, 
That's a beautiful thing to hear from an angel. Come on, I want some favor, guys. I mean, how many would love some favor? You ever heard fog? Favor ain't fair. Come on, baby, give me that parking spot. Give me all the extra things. Like, I love favor. And so you can imagine Mary, after she overcame being frightened to death by this angel, she's elated by the words that come out of his mouth. You are going to have favor. And then he says this, you'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. And then look at, look, at, look at Mary's response. In verse 34, she says, how will this be? Then Mary asked the angel, I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Now, if you're Mary in this instance, how many think this is amazing? I've got the favor of God. God himself is going to do something miraculous. I'll be impregnated by God. We're going to have this baby. His name's going to be Jesus. It's going to be awesome. So you can imagine, angel, God, baby, I'm excited. Surely Joseph will be excited. Right? I mean, I know it's a little bit different than what we planned, but it'll be okay. Joseph's going to be right on because surely God is in this plan. And what we see is Joseph's response really tells the story of what has actually happened in all of this. Look, it says in verse 18, when she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, between verse 18 and 19, this is where everything begins to hit the fan. Look, it says, Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. So he had in his mind that he was going to divorce her quietly. I mean, think about this. In other words, Joseph is smart enough to know what causes a woman to be pregnant, and it's not because something's in the water. And so if you imagine Joseph, he's heard, hey, Mary, you said it was this Holy Spirit. Show me who's this Holy Spirit, because I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. He done messed up these plans. That we, I mean, just really think about it, because that's what the Bible says. He made plans to divorce her quietly. So you know what that means? That means on the inside, Joseph has been devastated. Joseph has been crushed. He has been humiliated. He's been embarrassed. And the plans that they made together have now crumbled and fallen apart. I mean, it's like us. We make plans for the American dream, right? I mean, nobody's planning to have a hard, rough season or life or marriage. I mean, we plan for the best. We want the white picket fence and the whole nine yards. That's what he has envisioned but then life happens, and reality begins to set in, and he's devastated. Think about, think about in Joseph's position. Now he's got to tell his parents, hey, mom, hey, dad, the girl that said she really loved me, that, that we were going to build this life together, she's now pregnant by this Holy Spirit guy. Who is he? I don't know. I'm going to kill him, but you need to know I'm going to divorce her. Think about his boys, all, all the groomsmen. He's like, hey, man, I know I appreciate your support. But the wedding's off. Like, it's over. Why is it over? Because she's pregnant by this Holy Spirit. I mean, just imagine, and, and even more than that, the personal betrayal of he trusted her, he loved her, he was going to spend his life with her. And here when the Bible talks about divorce, or you think, well, they weren't engaged, or they weren't married, they were engaged. Back in biblical times when you were engaged, that bond was so strong and so full of commitment that to break off the engagement, you would still have to go through the process of a divorce. And so now you have Mary who has heard from God's angel that God has favored her. 
You are favored, highly favored. The Lord is going to visit you. And here we have, in Mary's perspective, God, all I said was yes, and now I'm going to be divorced. I mean, just imagine how life is not going according to plan in this situation. And look at verse 38. It says, and Mary said, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So yes, God. Yes, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yes, God, I will live out your purpose for my life. And so you can imagine Mary's thinking, I didn't do anything wrong. But now I'm pregnant. Now I'm alone. And she could begin to break down. The one that I loved is now looking to divorce me because I said yes to the purpose of God in my life. And think about the rumors. I mean, back then you were shunned. And here now, we understand she's pregnant. They're not even married. How is this? So now, now the women are gossiping. She's, she's, she's this and she's that. Can you believe it? She had a good man. They were going to start a business, and she done messed it all up. I mean, just imagine, because sometimes we look at the Christmas story, we're like, woo! Because hindsight is awesome, right? It's like, wow! And some of you are living in a mess. Life hasn't turned out the way you thought. And the truth is, you just told God, Yes. Yes, God, I'll go to church. Yes, God, I'll give my life to you. Yes, God, I'll go to small groups. Yes, God, I'll go to next steps and start serving on the dream team. Yes, God, I am going to pursue you. Why is my life not turning out the way it planned? I mean, it's just not fair. I mean, it, how many have ever had those conversations? It's, it's not fair, God, I don't understand. I mean, maybe you were working hard to get ahead financially and to provide a great Christmas for your, for your kids. Maybe you've been tithing or gave to the legacy offering, and then your car breaks down two weeks before Christmas. There goes your Christmas gifts. Life's not fair. Like, God, that wasn't the plan. Maybe you took a different job this year to help your family get into a better place, and you've been working hard. You're a great employee. You've done all the right things. However, the company has downsized. You're the last in, first out. Life's not fair. I don't understand, God. I don't understand. Maybe you promised each other until death do you part. And someone has been unfaithful, has not kept their part of the promise. And now you find yourself headed for a divorce, and it's Christmas. God, I didn't do anything wrong. God, why, why is this happening to me? Maybe you've got a child that's rebelling, someone that you raised up in church, that you tried to teach them the right things, and now they're on drugs. Maybe they're, they're living with someone, and it's all the relationships are wrong. Their life is wrong. Maybe they're workaholics, and they've turned their back on God. I don't know, but you could say, God, this is not turning out according to our plan. Maybe you lost a loved one. Someone who was doing really good at the beginning of the year and then all of a sudden just health declined rapidly, thought they would get better, prayed for them. God, would you do a miracle? You just, you've healed all these other people in the revival services. Why didn't you heal them? They pass away. This is your first Christmas without them. Didn't go according to plan. Today's message is for everyone who's experienced something that hasn't gone according to plan. And if you've never experienced that, I want you to know I'm positive you will. Because that's just the way life is. And, and we have these grand plans, but the truth is, it doesn't always go according to the plan. And I want to deposit just one truth, one thought in your heart.
that I believe can really change your life if you grab a hold of it. And it's this, you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. So it's not going according to plan, that's okay. God works all things together for the good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Look at Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but the Lord's purpose is what prevails. That we all have plans, but we've got to learn to trust God. You have a purpose. And even when it's not turning out the way that I thought it should, the way it looked like it was going to turn out, I trust you. Mary and Joseph, their plans were wrecked and absolutely shattered and Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But after he, Joseph, had considered this divorce, the plan shattered. His life is falling apart. The love of his life, he's, he's wrestling. Why, God, why? Then an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I mean, imagine that. So in the middle of the pain, God gives him a word. And see, the challenge doesn't stop. I mean, so you got to understand this. I think some of you just need a word from God. Because it's not that we didn't, we didn't see, well, the rumor mill stopped. We didn't see that, that people just lined up and, oh, wow, this must be a baby from God. Because people still didn't believe it was a baby from God. Joseph was still going to have to walk out what seemed impossible. But what changed was not the situation, it was Joseph's perspective. And some of us, we've got to ask God, change my perspective. And, and here's the purpose. When the plan changed, the purpose was this. She will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's the why. And I've been around long enough to know that when my, my plans change, I typically, over a couple of years after whatever has changed, you can usually see the hand of God moving in that situation. It's like in the, while I'm in the middle of it, it's hard, it's painful, it doesn't make sense. But as I'm going into the future, after, the time has elapsed, I can typically look back and say, God, your hand was there. I couldn't see it then, but if I had the right attitude, which I did, your purpose prevails in my life. I remember in 2011, Phyllis and I had just, were looking to move into Rosenberg and we lived in Richmond and we were looking for a house to purchase and no longer rent and we were excited. Steve is he does loans and mortgages, and so he got us approved, and we're all excited. We're like, woo, we're going to go buy a house. It's going to be amazing. And we found the perfect house. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The, like, you walk in, you're like, it's got the right bedrooms, got the right square footage. It's what we could afford. It was in the great neighborhood. We're like, man, we are super excited. Had the realtor set an offer and make an offer on the property, and we thought they were going to take it. Everything looked good. But all of a sudden, that offer fell through. On the house that we, you, you know how it is, when you start saying my house, and look, I can't wait to do this in that room, you ain't bought it, but you talking in faith, anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, woo, furniture, and it's going to be great when we get all of our stuff in here. And Well, when the deal closed and, and we didn't get that house, I was so disappointed. And, and, and actually, I told Phyllis, I just don't even want to look. Like, I just feel like that was the perfect, like, it was great. It was what we could afford. And a friend of Phyllis said, hey, I want you to go look at another house. She had found the house for us. It was a little bit out of our price range, and 
I said, I don't even really want to go look at it. And I, I told Phyllis, I just don't want to do it. She said, come on, baby, what's going what's to hurt? Now, I don't like to window shop. And, and I know that if I see something that's out of my price range, sometimes I stretch. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I just didn't want to look at it. And she finally convinced me to go look at it. We walk in. It is way better than the other house. In a better neighborhood. More square footage. This is the perfect house. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know if we can even afford it. We found out it was a foreclosure. The realtor put an offer on it that was much less than what they were asking for it. The offer was accepted the next day. Which you know on a foreclosure, usually they take bids and, and, and it's... And that is the house we closed on 45 days later that we launched this church out of. See, I had a plan, but God had a bigger purpose. And I can go back in situation after situation, even some little things. See, God cares about the little things of your life. Just a couple of months ago, I was going hunting with a pastor just outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. He has a beautiful ranch. And if you saw that deer on my Instagram, that would have been on that hunting trip, just a monster of a deer. It was awesome. So beautiful. See, I'm in Texas, so you guys will cheer that on. It's awesome. And it was a great opportunity, and it was in Tulsa, and so it was a pastor that I admire. He owns the ranch, and he was going to spend some time with us and pour into us as pastors. So we, we booked the flight, no big deal. The day of the, the trip, I'm getting ready to head to the airport, and we're heading to the airport, and all of a sudden, there is this monsoon that hits Houston like crazy. It wasn't bad before, and then just so happens on the way to the airport, the rain is going sideways, lightning and thundering everywhere, black clouds, and... I'm like, well, surely this isn't a big deal. Planes fly in this all the time and get to the airport. And when I check in, they say, well, sir, your flight has been delayed a couple of hours. Uh, I'm sorry to tell you this. The thunderstorm has caused us to ground some planes. And how I many know I'm a little disappointed to say, you know, you'll get in. It'll be late tonight. I'm not, you're not even sure. We're just, we're trying to watch the weather now. And, and I'm frustrated. I'm like, okay, this is a two-day trip. So I'm going to miss the first day, and, and how many know when you hunt in the morning, that's the, it's like that's the prime time. I may not even make it in the morning. So I'm frustrated. I'm kind of just mumbling under my breath. Oh, figures, been perfect all until I got ready to fly. Got my little boarding pass sitting in the, in, in, in the terminal, just at the chair doing some work. And then all of a sudden, something told me just to look at the ticket. So I look at the ticket, and it says Oklahoma City. Huh. That's interesting, because I'm supposed to be going to Tulsa. Huh. Oh, surely that's like, I mean, it's just Oklahoma, Tulsa, it's all the same, right? So I go up to the lady and I said, hey, can you tell me, is this going, uh, where's this going? You know, just, she said, well, sir, that's going to Oklahoma City. I said, hmm, okay. All right. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm supposed to be in Tulsa. Like, and so then I played it off cool. I'm like, well, hey, I know we've been delayed by this weather storm. I really have to get uh, into Oklahoma. And so can you just, like, how far is Tulsa from Oklahoma? Say, oh, it's just a couple hours. I said, well, look, since you guys delayed me because of this weather, I'd like for you to go ahead and change. Can you just change? I'll be inconvenienced to fly into Tulsa, but I'm willing to do it. I'm willing because I need to get there, and, and, and I've got, you know, so just, can you just see for me, like, it's, it's going to, and she's checking and looking, and I'm playing it cool, and she's like, well, sir, we have one more seat, and it will actually get you in there earlier than if you flew to Oklahoma City, and I said, well, I guess, 
I guess I'll take it. I, can I get some points for my inconvenience? You know, I'm just looking to... And then while I'm at it, can you just go ahead and put my return flight from Tulsa too? Just because if I'm flying there, I might as well fly out of there. Oh, yes, sir. No problem. We can do that. I'm so sorry for your inconvenience. Here's some extra miles, points, and all that. It's just awesome. And it got me there before. And what I realized, had I flown into Oklahoma City, I would have missed the hunt altogether. See, I've got plans, but God cares about the little things enough to fulfill his purpose. And sometimes we look at the delays and we get frustrated. And, and what I'm telling you this is a delay is not always no, it's just hold. And some of you have been delayed in what God is doing in your life. And in this Christmas, while everybody's excited and it's a great season, we must acknowledge the times when the plans that we had don't come to pass and trust that God has a purpose. And look, sometimes we won't know the purpose until the other side of heaven. But that's okay. Why? Because I trust God more. And this morning, I know, just as Mary and Joseph had a change in plans, that some of you are facing some real struggles, some real challenges, some real opportunities. I want you to be encouraged. God hasn't left you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. That this is your best day yet got to trust in God. I, I trust you. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I trust you. I know it's a little painful, but God, you give me grace. God, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not going to stay camped there. I'm moving through it. And this morning, I just want to pray for each and every one of you that God's grace would be with you. That no matter what you walk through, He is there with you. Father, I pray for your people, Lord, that this morning they would feel your presence they would feel your power that, Lord, some have had a change of plans, and it's, it's not what they expected. They, they, they could even be saying, God, I did everything right, but it feels like all is going wrong. God, you're there. Your grace is sufficient. That, God, right now in this moment, would you, I'm asking you for a change of perspective. I know the situation may not change right now, but, God, when I change... It changes everything. So help us, Lord, to walk in your grace, to walk in your power, to walk in your strength. In Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. There are some of you here today, and we're talking about a change of plans and having God help us, but the truth is you've never fully surrendered your life to him. You don't have a relationship with him. It doesn't matter what the past has been right now in this moment. I need you to know that Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you. He rose again so that you might be saved. And this is a moment for you to experience his salvation. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm ready to surrender my life to him. I'm ready to confess him as Lord and Savior. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come down. But I am going to ask you to just raise your hand as an act of surrender. Say, that's me, Pastor. I want to, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And you say, I want to be included. I want to pray it with you. I want, I, I'm making that decision right now. If that's you, just raise your hand just quickly this morning. That's me. I'm ready to surrender my life. I see you. Yes. Come on, there's more. Yes. Come on. This, this is your moment. Right now, everything changes. God set it up for you in this moment. You can put your hands down. Come on, church. Tell them how proud you are of them. 
I'm going to lead us in this prayer. Let's say this together. Say, Jesus, I need you. Save me. Forgive me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I give you my life. I confess you as my Lord. Right now, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.